Good afternoon. We're back with another edition of the Shamu Hoops Pod, the first one in March. And pleased to have with me Stephen Kalail, who has been on the past few years, but first time this year. Uh, Stephen writes for Big Red Louie, one of the Louisville fan-sided websites, as well as Def Pen. So looking forward to some keen Louisville insight, as well as a lot of other college basketball chatter. But Stephen, how are you doing today? Good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, used to having you on in the in the early part of the year, usually after Duke has had a big win in the Champions Classic. But I think you were you were traveling out of the country uh, for that tournament this year. But what uh what have you been up to during the basketball season? Uh mostly. Uh, so I've been writing a little bit for Def Pen. Um, started a new gig with Big Red Louie, so just kind of. Uh, getting myself together with that and obviously uh, following following the Cardinals closely this season and uh, been uh, just monitoring, you know, the, the overall college basketball landscape in the ACC. So not a, not a whole lot to monitor in the, the ACC this year. Uh, definite, definite down year, but in terms of Louisville, they have a, I'd say, a decent possibility of winning uh, the ACC regular season and setting themselves up for a strong postseason run. So to kind of kick things off, want to get your overall thoughts on Louisville. I know there are a lot of high expectations going into the season, and I think there have been some some ups and downs. But how uh, how are you feeling, you know, the first week of March um, about your team? Yeah, I think um, there were certainly some very high expectations for the Cardinals this year. Um, you know, they – they they played they've been pretty consistent but they've had definitely certain they definitely had some uh, some highs in their lo- highs and lows but i think the turning point of the season was um the emergence of uh freshman david johnson they um were having a tough time with the point guard position early on they were sort of playing point guard by committee by having uh lamar kimball the st joseph's transfer uh, Darius Perry and Ryan McMahon sort of rotate between the uh, the one and two spot. Um, then David Johnson, who was injured during the offseason, got healthy and uh, really had his breakout game against um, against Duke, where they won at Cameron. So um, the David Johnson emergence has changed Louisville's uh, trajectory a lot for for the season when. They had a couple of baffling losses. They really couldn't um, put away the teams they were um, supposed to really, you know, put their foot on and uh, and and win. So uh, that's been kind of a revelation. And also um, the play of Malik Williams is, has really um, helped the Cardinals at the uh, five spot. Um, Stephen Enoch, who is who had a lot of the preseason hype as a guy who could potentially play himself possibly into the first round being an NBA draft pick. Um, He started the season. um, He was started the season as a starter, but um, Malik Williams has really surged and taken that spot as the starter and has been a defensive stalwart for uh, Chris Mack's hybrid pack line defense. So, (laughs) well, uh, what, so what's, so Malik, I know he he went out against Florida State, didn't play against Virginia Tech. What's uh, is he going to be playing this weekend? Yeah, I think it's still up in the air if he's if he's playing. Um, 
playing the game at UVA. He certainly won't be 100%, um, you know, and getting into that game a little bit. Um, I think Louisville's going to have an uphill battle without Malik Williams because in the um, first game against Virginia, which was a pretty weird game from an offensive standpoint, was both teams um, scored at will against each other. Um, Malik Williams was a big factor in containing um, Jay Huff, who has been um, a big catalyst for, I think, in Virginia's win streak that's been going on for the last six games or so. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at the box score right now. It's halftime. He currently has 17 out of their 24 points at the half. So, uh, you know, the offensive juggernaut that they are, but uh, somehow they could, I mean, if they upset you guys, could potentially have a share of the ACC regular season tournament, which um, I don't know what that says about the ACC or if that how impressive that is for UVA, but Assuming right now Florida State's down at halftime, down seven. So if they lose, that sets you guys up since Louisville went 0-2 against Florida State. But what um, what's kind of your prediction for the UVA game? Obviously playing at UVA where it's tough to get get a win. And as you mentioned, kind of the, the weird first game where you guys were blowing them out at halftime. And usually if you're blowing out UVA, they're not, they're not going to be coming back. But... They uh, certainly did, and and then you guys pulled away at the end. So do you think you guys would be able to escape JPJ with a W, especially if Malik Williams isn't active? I think it's going to be tough for them to escape with the W. I, I think Malik is just that important on defense for, for Louisville. Um, from a defensive standpoint, if they don't have Malik Williams, they're going to have to depend on, on Stephen Enoch, and he's just not – he just hasn't been much of a defender this season overall. Um, and then they're probably going to have to go to some small ball lineups where Dwayne Sutton will probably have to shift over to the five to give Stephen Enoch a breather. And if that's the case, I mean, Sutton's a, a true warrior, but he's only six five, and he probably will have a tough time with guys like Huff and Diakite. So I think it's going to be a tall task if, um, if Malik isn't, if Malik doesn't play and if, and especially even if he does play, he just, he won't be a hundred percent. So I'm kind of bracing myself for a Louisville loss, but you never know. (laughs) No, you you never know. Maybe Jordan DeWar can, can get hot, but uh, it has been interesting to, to watch them. And I think coming back from the the Louisville UNC game felt a little better about uh, Louisville's future with uh, Williamson and, you know, I know David Johnson's been getting a, I guess, a little bit to a lot of draft hype um, over the last few weeks. But assuming he returns and Malik Williams, I mean, I could potentially see seeing him just going to play in the G League. But, you know, if he returns, that's three pretty good starters. And then Jay Scrub, who's potentially coming on from the JUCO ranks. Uh, do you think he makes it to the Louisville campus next year? You know, my uh, my gut feeling is that he's not going to make it to campus. I um, His draft type is, I think, cooled down a bit, but he is an athletic freak, and I believe uh, a lot of recruiting analysts have uh, compared him to, be, to his signing, to being equate, equating it to being a top 15, um, you know, signee uh, nationally ranked. So... I um I, I get a gut feeling that he wants to go pro. He's trying to make it happen. I think if he gets enough hype, he'll um 
he'll go and take the chance, even if he's a little, a bit borderline. So I, um, I'm not banking on it, but if he does come to Louisville next year, um, Louisville's going to have a dynamite backcourt with Scrub and David Johnson, along with uh, Samuel Williamson on the wing. And kind of a um, another fact there is that David Johnson and Jay Scrub are actually um, Trinity High School teammates um, in the, with, uh, within the city of Louisville. So it'd be kind of a nice little reunion for those two. Ah, interesting little tidbit there. Um, in terms of – so right, right now Louisville has – Five losses, uh, Texas Tech, Kentucky on the road, two games of Florida State. So, you know, those are all, I'd say, quality, quality teams. And then you have Georgia Tech and Clemson on the road. You can kind of throw those out. But when you're, you know, let's fast forward two weeks. It's a tournament. Uh, you know, say they get, I mean, what what are we looking at right now? A, a three seed potentially? Yeah, for, like a three for seed, maybe a high four. So you get... You get that. What you know? Who do you not want to see in your bracket? Are there any teams this year that you want to stay clear of? Are you hoping they end up out west with a Gonzaga, San Diego State? From a Louisville perspective, what what would be ideal? Uh, Louisville needs to avoid any team that's very physical. So, <laughs> so a, 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 because a Florida State team just absolutely annihilated Louisville twice this year. Um, due to their length and physicality and just everybody being able to shoot. So I, I think that a team like um, like a Baylor wouldn't, would not be a good matchup for them. Um, if they had to play Texas Tech again, I think it could get ugly because uh, when Louisville lost to Texas Tech this season, that was, with, uh, that was without Jemias Ramsey and Chris Clark and uh, Moretti, Davide Moretti both had huge – both had very impactful games against Louisville. So I think any team that's going to be physical and really, you know, kind of punch Louisville in the mouth, um, they're, they're not going to fare well. Yeah. Um, you know, well, what, what, what if they had Kentucky again? Um, you know, I, I am a huge proponent of not playing Kentucky uh, <laughs> in, in postseason. But I will say that this year I, I um, feel confident if they played them again because in the Kentucky game this year, David Johnson did not play a minute against them. And Kentucky and Louisville really missed a guy with length against Kentucky's guards with uh, Quickly, uh, Quickly and Higgins uh, in the backcourt. So I, I, I think that I'd be okay with it, but... Uh, the Cardinals have not been faring well against the Wildcats in the last several years. And they've last two times they've played in the NCAA tournament, the uh, Cats have had their number. So I would, I'd, I'd prefer to avoid it, but if they did play them, I'd, I'd weirdly feel confident about it. So how, if, if you just say right now, what's, how far are they making it to the second weekend, potentially Atlanta? Where, where do you think their road uh, will go this year? You know, um, this is such a weird year in the NCAA with um, with the parity and I guess not many teams being dubbed as, um, you know, an elite team per se. So, you know, they're, I, they're one of those teams that can certainly lose in the second round if they get a physical team that will, you know, really, really um, kind of get in their face. But 
they have the potential to win it all. They have star power. They have Jordan Nwora. They have a um, they have a deep team. They have um, seniors, experience. Um, the only difference is that their experience, although they have you know some seasoned guys, these guys haven't had NCAA tournament uh, success. Last year, they they were the first team out of the tournament and played the first game on Thursday, which is the worst game in the NCAA tournament to play and lost to Minnesota. So um, despite having some seniors they're you know, it's, it's a tough one. So I, they're very across the board, what they could do. It's, it's, they're truly a, one of those teams that they've, they've got to get a good road in front of them. They've got to have some good matchups. It's, that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah. I, I remember that game pretty vividly being in Vegas first game, uh, going against the big 10 and taking Louisville and they just did not, did not come to play and got pretty much whooped from the, from the get go. So uh, um, not, not an ideal game, especially I'm sure for, for you as you're watching, but at least it was a game of experience that they can potentially use going forward. Um, So speaking of Kind of going forward right now, some of the smaller conference tournaments are beginning and will be picking up steam over the weekend. And then that'll turn into all the major conference tournaments after this weekend. Um, who are some of, I, I guess, who are the, the conferences at you're, I don't know, I don't know if excited is the right word, but who are you interested in watching over the next two weeks? Uh, you know, I think that the two um, conferences that I'm, I'm pretty interested in watching, uh, one's the Big 12. Um, Baylor and Kansas obviously are, you know, top teams. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how Texas Tech plays in the tournament. They're a team, either they were the national runner up. They are, they're built for March with the sent with, uh, Jemias Ramsey as a, as a scoring freshman. And he's, you know, he was hurt early in the season, but now he's kind of, he's came back and rounded into form. Chris Clark, Davide Moretti. Uh, Terrence Shannon, so I I think they're an interesting team to watch, and they 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 play everybody tough. Um, also uh, in the Big Twelve tournament, you know Texas is a team to to look out for. Uh, they've made this huge turnaround. I think they've won five of their last six games. They might be trying to save Shaka Smart's uh, job at this point. So that's that's a tournament I'm interested to uh, to see because there's. You know, it's it's a little top heavy, but there's some good teams there. What are your thoughts on the Big Twelve? Big Twelve. I mean, I think Kansas it will be it will definitely gain steam as kind of the you know quote unquote premier title contender uh, with with how they're playing. You know, they're very impressive against against Baylor a few weeks ago at Baylor, and I think you know between uh, Dotson and Azubuki, they have two just go-to guys uh and then they have enough around the team especially athletically and and on the wing that can can definitely be dangerous so in terms of the big 12 um you know i think kansas is the clear one baylor talented not not a full believer in them um and really you know going that far in the tournament uh texas tech i think they're they're playing a little above their their talent level but do enjoy watching chris clark play and then uh you know you have texas and west virginia and oklahoma kind of all hanging around there you know the one team that probably won't won't really make it unless they make a a huge run is tcu but 
I do enjoy watching Desmond Bain play, who had a great game against Baylor this past weekend and hit some some big shots. So I think, you know, overall that's you know, the strongest conference this year and will be will be interesting to watch, especially with Kansas. They, you know, often are given a hard time by by some of the the upstart teams in the league. I'd say other conferences I'm looking at. I do want to chat about the the Pac-12 with you, but um, before we go to the Pac-12, I would say two smaller conferences. Uh, The Southern Conference, I'm going to be intrigued by. I think East Tennessee State, Furman, and UNC Greensboro. I'd much rather watch really any of those three teams play than the majority of, uh, I'd say, high major teams. I kind of said said that last year about the top three teams in the Southern Conference and and Wofford was one of those last year. And I think this year, you know, realistically, whoever wins the tournament will get in. If if East Tennessee State does not win, they could perhaps be an at-large team. But I'd I'd rather watch those three teams play than a lot of these, you know, so-so mid-major or sorry, high-major teams. Um, And then right now, uh, the CAA I'm going to enjoy watching and that's taking place in your backyard of Washington, DC, but you know, that's the one bid, one big conference, but there's a few talented players in there with Grant Riller from Charleston. Who's been getting uh, some very late first round, early second round looks. And then I just put a little uh, wager on the two seed in William and Mary to make their first uh, NCAA tournament victory at eight to one. Um, so we'll, we'll be riding the tribe and, and Nathan Knight, uh, in DC, although they'll probably, you know, they'll, they'll probably make it to the semifinals. Um, so those are two of the, I'd say mid-major, low-major conferences, but PAC 12, I know you're a big, uh, Mick Cronin guy. So what, what are your thoughts on the PAC 12? And right now I think they're projected seven teams in, um, to the tournament. Yeah. Uh, the PAC 12 tournament, it, it, first of all, it, it's, it's shocking to hear that there's seven teams that would qualify from the Pac-12 for for the tournament. Um, it's it's one of those conferences where there's there's certainly talent there, but the the team I want to talk about is UCLA. Um, <laughs> it's uh, I, I'm I'm pers- I'm rooting for UCLA because I, I I am I do like Mick Cronin. Um, he's got that team playing like an old Big East team with uh, kind of a you know muck it up style a bit and he's got some he's got some guys in there like tiger campbell etc that are that are um you know helping them win and they had i believe they had some tough losses early in the season and they've really uh they've gotten hot and they 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 might actually win the pac-12 regular season title i think they're in position to do that so for ucla to to be in this conversation and for them to be winning with their you know 20th pick uh for coach um, I think it's, you know, kind of impressive. It's it's definitely impressive, uh, especially having seen them in person a few times as well, in, as, well as watching uh, a UNC team back in December kind of dominate them. And this is a UNC team that uh, struggled, to say the least, offensively. And, and now you have UCLA winning nine out of their, their last 10. So definitely a team that's turning around. I got to see... Uh, one of those wins in Washington State at home that went into overtime, and even that game wasn't uh, overly impressive. But they managed to kind of hang in there and get it into overtime, and then then kind of take control in overtime. And 
you mentioned Tyre Campbell. Uh, you know, I think Chris Smith has been been playing well, and and definitely Cody Riley. Um, so those two guys, I mean, they they have a lot of four star talent that is starting to you know kind of fit the mold that Mick Cronin you know wants them to play. I think you know the the I guess you can say the disappointment, even though they only have five losses. I still think Oregon is uh, quote unquote the class of the the conference, especially with Peyton Pritchard leading the team. But you can kind of go down the list, and and once once you get outside of that. Uh, you know, Arizona State, Colorado, USC, none of those really kind of, uh, I'd say, you know, strike fear in anybody. Arizona, nine and seven, uh, a little bit of a letdown given the talent that they have from a, a freshman perspective. Right. And I think Stanford is the one that's that's interesting given how well they did early on in the season. Uh, you know, they have, they had, they do have some, some talent. I think Jared Haas, you know, could potentially have been on the hot seat. Uh, right now, they've won four in a row after losing four, and they've got Tyrell Terry and Dejon Davis, as well as Bryce Wills. So, pretty athletic and talented uh, t- uh, backcourt. So, the fact that they're not more in the mix is a little surprising, uh, especially given the conference. And then, finally, I think really one of the most uh, disappointing teams of the the year is Washington. Right, uh, they're three and 13 and, and have a lot of, uh, a lot of individual talent with Isaiah Stewart, Stewart, Jane McDaniels, Carter, um, and, and some others. Uh, so I'd say they're easily, uh, the biggest disappointment in college basketball. And they, they knocked off uh, Baylor this year. Yep. That they did. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. And, and, you know, who's to say that a, a team such as Utah or Oregon State won't won't come out of there? But, um, you know, from going to the West Coast to the East Coast, uh, back to your beloved Big East, uh, what are your thoughts thoughts on the Big East this year? Yeah, uh, the Big East, and you know, there it's the it's kind of the same old Big East. They've got a lot of good teams, some gritty teams. Um, I I still think you know Seton Hall is the 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 best team there. Miles Powell and our guy Sandro, who is uh, who is uh, rounding into form for uh, for the for the Pirates. Uh, you've got Villanova. They've, they're you know they're a usual they're part of the usual suspects of the Big East. And Jay, you can't count out Jay Wright. The team that I'm um, you know I'm 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 curious about, and I think they can make some noise. Butler. Uh, Kamar, but Kamar Baldwin is, is playing well. I mean, he's, he's had a great season so far. I know they, um, they're eight and eight in the conference and they've lost, uh, five of their last eight, but if Baldwin is playing well, he's a guy that can elevate his game to get Butler some wins. And uh, I wouldn't want to play them if, if Baldwin is, um, is scorching hot for them. And then another team to look out for is, uh, is Marquette. I mean, they've got, They've got our guy Marcus Howard, who is a volume scorer, but the team is underperformed a bit, and they are um, they're they're squarely on the bubble there. So, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting um, conference tournament for for the Big East. Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing about the Big East is with a a smaller smaller conference for the most part you know, any game should be relatively competitive. I mean, even, even DePaul who's sitting in last place and went 
three and fourteen after starting out so hot. They have a lot of talent, and they're not a team that you know a lot of people will want to face up front. They've had their issues, but from a talent perspective, uh, they could easily easily get it going. And I mean, St. John's has had a big win, and Georgetown's had wins, and you know, then you go up from Xavier on up, and you have some some definitely some some talented teams there. So. Um, you know, Seton Hall, I think Miles Powell has, has, you know, proven to be, I'd say him and Howard, obviously the best players in the conference and they, uh, manhandled Marquette this week. So I think, uh, you know, the game that's going on right now, Seton Hall and Villanova could easily be, uh, the game we're watching at the end of, at the end of Madison square garden, which should be, you know, should be another, another good one. Um, you know, in regards to the overall tournament, do you are you buying any of the West Coast teams from a San Diego State to Gonzaga, or are you hoping your team gets put into one of those brackets? Oh gosh, I would say that I'm I buy the Gonzaga hype mainly because they're always there. I I'm I'm. I'm fine. I think I finally bought into Gonzaga for good. They've just been there too long. I, I, uh, I believe in them. I think they're 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 going to be a tough team no matter what. Um, San Diego State. I'm I'm not completely sold on them. I would love to be in in a bracket with San Diego State. I think that, <laughs> as a Louisville fan, I, I think that they could play them well. So yeah, the the I've definitely been been selling them. Uh, having. I think it was uh, maybe two weeks ago watching one of their games. I did, you know, Malachi Flynn is, is very, very impressive. Um, but Matt Mitchell is a guy that I think can cause problems. I think if they had to match up with a Louisville, I think uh, I agree with you, that would cause them problems. But where, where Mitchell is able to pose a, a mismatch at the four, I think that will determine how, you know, how far they can, they can go. And Gonzaga, I got to see, in person earlier in the year. And I think, you know, from a, a front court perspective, they're absolutely loaded. And then, you know, they have one of the best shooters in Corey, Corey Kispert, where, you know, pretty much anytime he lets it go, you think it's going in for them. It's going to be how far can their grad transfers take them uh, between Ryan Woolridge and then uh, Admon Gilder. Both have been playing pretty well. And, you know, so how much of that is, it's just a byproduct of playing with talented players or can they step up, you know, when it really counts. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm not fully bought on them. I could, I could easily see Gonzaga winning it this year, but I think they, they need their guard play to be a little stronger. And I guess that could happen with Joy Ayai, um, you know, coming to play, which, you know, for the most part, he's had a very strong um, sophomore season, but he's definitely been, been up and down so i think you know gonzaga I, I agree with you is is legit san diego state you know louisville fan wouldn't mind to to see them in the tournament so last conference want to discuss with you is probably uh one of my uh quote-unquote favorite conferences in the the big 10 who is getting allegedly 10 teams in uh big 10 really you know besides for michigan state never uh you know causes a whole lot of damage in the tournament is this year with 10 teams could they uh could they do something this year 
Yeah, I think this is a this is a tough one because all those teams are just so they're just all blocked together. I mean, they all have been kind of beating up on each other. I know Maryland has been sort of the team that's gotten a lot of hype because they're unbelievably talented um, with Anthony Cowan, Jalen Smith, et cetera. But, um, you know, I, I think they could break through. There's, you know, a team like Iowa could, could really make some damage. Luca Garza. Yeah. I, I don't know if anyone predicted how good this guy would be this year as a, uh, as a player who is garnering attention to be national player of the year. And uh, that Iowa team is, uh, you know, offensively very talented. And this is probably one of the more exciting teams for that Fran McCaffrey's ever had. But then you've got, you've got teams like OSU, like Ohio state where they had a lot of preseason hype, uh, Caleb Wesson. And then um, they just kind of, they've kind of, spun out at different points of the season. So this could be the year that they do it. I I mean, I could see that some of these teams, you know, maybe they just beat up on each other all season and that maybe they'll be able to show out a little bit more in the NCAA tournament against, um, against other competition. Yeah. I think you have a conference that re you know, everybody lost a ton and they just lost less than a lot of conferences. So you have teams, I mean, you can go from really, you know, outside of your bottom three of Nebraska, Northwestern, and, you know, uh, so bottom two going on up, I mean, Minnesota, uh, they all have, a you know, at least individually talented players, especially on the big side from Daniel Toro, um, you know, up to Purdue, Michigan, Rutgers, I mean, Rutgers, Ohio State, I think could be, I, I put them in the top three with Michigan State and Maryland, Iowa, I agree with you on Luca Garza, I just don't think they have enough outside of him um, to kind of maybe make it to uh, I'd say past the sweet 16. I think that's probably, probably their, their ceiling Michigan state uh, been, been low on them from the get go when they're ranked number one in the preseason. But uh, I think the, you know, they did just come, they had a, I think a huge, fairly big comeback against Penn state on the road uh, dominated Maryland in one of Maryland's biggest games in years. And I think, their freshman Rocket Watts, I think he can, you know, quite possibly determine how far they go. Um, you know, over the last five or six games, he's had some very good uh, scoring performances in four of them. And I think he gives them kind of an extra jolt of athleticism and scoring that they they haven't really had outside of, of Winston and and then trying to, you know, piece together what, what Tillman's giving them and, and Aaron Henry. So, it wouldn't surprise me to see them back in the final four and, and maybe even this is the year given how down college basketball is that uh, Michigan state is winning it all. But um, I think I, I still don't still not bind the big 10, even though they're, they're getting allegedly 10 teams. in. I think a lot of those will be, be uh, knocked out in the, the second, I'd say the second game of the, the first round. Although there is a lot of, a lot of senior junior talent in the league. Right. And, uh, you know, shout out to uh, Penn State and Rutgers for uh, making some noise in the Big Ten this year, especially uh, Rutgers and being um, tough to beat at the rack this uh, this this season. Yeah, I think that I mean, to me, that's definitely one of the more surprising things. I think Penn State, uh, you know, with Lamar Stevens and uh, Mike Watkins, you you knew what they had coming in. But Rutgers is is definitely a surprise. And, and you know, for them to 
get in the tournament uh, in 1911 right now um, have been fairly dominant at home. So, you know, for them to, to make it without really, a, would say, a standout player, um, you know, will definitely be be interesting. Um, so I guess, you know, on that, Louisville has a big game coming up, but any other kind of overall college hoop thoughts or things that you're looking forward to over the next next week or two? Yeah, I just um, overall, this is it's um, it's just exciting to see these. It's going to be exciting to watch these conference tournaments because everyone is fairly. There's just a lot of evenly matched teams, so I think we're going to get a a good jump start on some of the March mayhem and hysteria that's going on, and and then the seating. I mean, the seating. The committee is going to have a tougher time than uh, than and going to have a tough time this year in comparison to the past. With um, with with all the different teams, just you know, kind of being all over the place. So uh, I, I'm truly excited to see the uh, as 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 I am every year. But this year is going to be uh, very interesting with uh, with the seeding and just how it shakes out overall. I mean, this is the year where I think a you know a random small conference team could 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 make their moves or. And get and go far. So it's um, overall, I think it's it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think you know, really over the next week, I think that is that could determine a lot because I feel usually in these smaller conferences where it's you know whoever whoever wins the tournament is going going to the NCAA tournament, and you know each year do a conference tournament pool and. It's really, you know, you think the one seed or two seed will win and all of a sudden it's the four, five or six seed. And if some of these one seeds do win that have proven to be the best teams in their low major conferences, I could see a lot more kind of the, the 13, 14, 15 type upsets um, occurring if if those teams are, you know, one of the top one or two strongest teams in, in some of those leagues. So I think it'll be interesting to see who comes out of some of the the conference tournaments we have coming up over the next four to five days. And then, you know, one one conference we didn't really talk about, the American Athletic Conference. Don't think we need to go into a, a whole lot of depth on them. But I'd say Houston has been definitely been a surprise. I thought they were going to to fall off a little bit uh, with given, you know, given who they lost in Corey Davis and Armani Brooks. But, you know, to have them you know, ranked, you know, Ken Palm in the top 15 has been been pretty impressive. And, you know, they had, you know, Quentin Grimes and, and uh, a few of the other guys, I think, you know, could be interesting to watch, watch also. So shout out to your, uh, your old AAC uh, conference. And oh, yeah. it'll be interesting to, to see who comes out of that one as well. Yeah. Uh, never count out uh, Kelvin Sampson. <laughs> um, all right. Well, appreciate you coming on and, and kind of getting a different voice on college hoops as well as the insight on Louisville and good luck this weekend and what will be a low scoring and ugly game, but <laughs> one that could, uh, could turn into an ACC regular season outright title or one of frustration and disappointment as you enter the regular or the ACC tournament where uh, UNC will be looking to reel off five in a row. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping for that Louisville win. And I'm hoping that um, Louisville can finally get their first ACC uh, uh, ACC regular season title. So let's uh, be crossing my fingers for the cards. 
Well, I, well, I know you thought that was going to happen pretty early on in their their tenure, but um, you know they've uh, been able to go through some ups and downs, and now with Chris Mack and and the strong team right now, it'll be I think you know they they could definitely go go far as long as uh, Jordan Nawara is shooting the ball and has his head on straight. So. Thanks again for for coming on, and we'll be back as, as we dive deeper into March with some more insights and analysis. So thank you to everybody for listening.